Welcome to the As We Go podcast, where we explore God, faith, scripture, and everything in between when it comes to this messy life. In today's episode, we talk about God, fasting, and God being worth it. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss any content. And now for today's episode. What is going on, guys? Will DelVal here, your host of the As We Go podcast. Welcome if you are new, and welcome back if you are returning. I- I'm so excited. Uh, if you're watching online, if you're if you're watching this episode, we are in a completely new location. No longer in my son's or now my son's bedroom, which is was our guest room. We are now in my basement. So this looks really clean. Thank you, my wife Sharon, for kind of helping me figure this out. Um, and thank you to all my Patreon subscribers who are giving to the channel, giving to the podcast so that we can up our quality and so we can really get this thing going, get some traction and spread the news. But all of this, uh, it, it looks very clean around me. But if you were to see behind the camera, um, there's a lot. It's a basement. It is definitely a basement. Um, it doesn't look as clean as our guest room that had the whiteboard behind me. But, you know, for me, life has been changing lately. You know, we are expecting our second child. We're expecting a daughter um, in the next few months. So she's moving into our nursery. Judah, uh, my son, is moving into our guest room. So that'll be that'll be his room. And I had to figure out a new space for an office and for, for the church stuff, a new place to write sermons for the speaking stuff, some time just to get away and pray for just the life stuff. Um so it's led us to figuring out, trying to figure out many different ways. And I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous that I was like, man, is this how the podcast stops so early? You know, only a few, uh, 18 episodes in. But now look at us. We got to episode 19. Whoa, breaking the fourth wall and jumping into my own episode. I'm here to tell you that the As We Go podcast has started a Patreon. We want to continue to grow this content and get the message out there. We want to up our quality and start having interviews and more dialogue with each other. To do that, we need some support. So will you consider giving to our Patreon? You can find it wherever links are. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss any content. And now let's get back into the episode. So let's just dive in. Today I want to talk about Lent. Do you know what Lent is? Lent is a time between, you know, it's like it's a 40 day period, uh, sometimes 46, 40 day period in the church calendar. I know this is like lofty talk in the church calendar where we starts on Ash Wednesday. If you're Catholic, where you go to the Catholic church and they put ashes on your head um, to remember the suffering of Christ, the suffering of Jesus. And it leads all the way to Easter where you remember the resurrection of Jesus. So like I've said in past episodes, I grew up Catholic. Um, so I grew up Catholic. We went every Sunday to Mass. I did the CCD thing. Uh, I was used to just standing and kneeling and praying and communion and confession and confirmation and never really understanding why. You know, I went to CCD, which is like the school after Mass, and they would teach you different things so that you could take your first Holy Communion, so you could take um, confession, so you could have this thing called a confirmation and join the Catholic Church. And for me, it was like just going through the motions I, I felt like, hey, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is kind of like school, I guess. Um, but I, my heart wasn't in it. I was just going through the motions, going through what was just told. 
you know, just I was told to do. And so when I got out of the Catholic church and started going to a youth group in my middle school that didn't do those things, didn't pray the rosary, didn't do confession, didn't do some of the things that the Catholic church is really big and known for, I was really confused. Um, but over time, I grown to just read scripture. and I started to realize that a lot of stuff that the Catholic church was doing wasn't actually in the Bible. And that really shocked me and it shocked my parents. And there was a lot of conversations that had to happen, but I was really wrestling with like, okay, there's all this stuff I grew up with for years about what we had to do in the Catholic church and, and how we were supposed to do it. And then now I was in this non-denominational kind of like movement church, uh, this denomination that was called the Alliance and trying to figure out, okay, we, 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 we believe in the same God. We believe in Jesus and but we're, we're missing some of the, the ritualistic traditional things. And where does that play a part? So for years, I stopped with all the Lent stuff. I stopped with all of the sacraments. Um, I didn't see the point. I didn't see them in scripture. Uh, so why am, I, why am I bringing this up? Well, Lent, usually in the Catholic church or in the church calendar, again, lofty talk. You know, Maybe some of you don't even know there is a church calendar. I don't even know what the church calendar is. I know what it is, but I, I don't know all the inner workings of it I, on the top of my head. But in the church calendar, in, in, in this season, you'll see a lot of people, Catholic, maybe not even Catholic, but raised and growing up with the tradition of celebrating Lent, where they take these 40 days and they usually give up something. You know, when I was a kid, it was a lot of people gave up chocolate. You know, a lot of adults give up chocolate or sugar or or um, alcohol or something. They give up meat. You know, the church even calls like, don't eat meat. For, for when I was a kid, I, I gave up chocolate during this time and we, we didn't eat meat. And on Fridays, when we would usually get takeout, I was always a little sad because you couldn't have McDonald's. And when we got pizza, it had no pepperoni on it. Um, so during this time, a lot of people will do this. And maybe they don't even know why. And I don't want to go into the specifics of Lent and the Catholic Church versus the Protestant Church. Because that's not what this channel is about, right? This channel and this episode or this podcast is about teaching us what Scripture says, seeing what Scripture says with fresh eyes, and then applying it to our life and teaching each other as we go. And this year, you know, I'm processing with you. The podcast is about processing what I'm doing with you, a little bit of parallel learning. And this year, you know, I, I was just thinking about Lent and thinking about, okay, well, during Lent, people give something up. Now, what's the point of that? Why do people give it? It's a, it's a call for fasting. Now, today, fasting is very popular. Now, all religions, a lot of faiths, a lot of different beliefs have this thing called fasting where you give up food for a certain amount of time. You only eat at a certain amount of time or you eat only specific things for a certain amount of time or you, yeah, so you, it's about the sacrificialness of it. Today, the most I hear about fasting is actually not really in church, but more so in the fitness world. I do CrossFit, I work out, and a lot of people do this thing called intermittent fasting where you you only eat for a certain time of the day and you stop hard at, at a certain point. Um, and it's a, l- a lot of it is for fitness goals. But did fasting originate in fitness? No, it originated in faith and belief systems. And Lent is about a time for fasting. Now, how does fasting apply to our lives? Is it beneficial? Is it worth it? Well, yes, fasting, if you do it intermittently for fitness, I'm sure you'll see results. I have friends who have seen results. But fasting in this sense 
is a little bit more serious with a different kind uh, of nature. See, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, he talks about two things. He talks about prayer and he talks about fasting. And he starts off, he says, when you pray, don't be like hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. He'll go on to then explain the Our Father prayer, right? Which is a very Catholic thing. Many Catholics pray the Our Father prayer often. And when you receive confession, you know, they say, like, pray the Our Father a certain amount of times. The Our Father prayer is meant to be a guide. It's to guide us in, like, an outline of, like, what we should be praying for and how prayer looks like. That we have a Father who's holy, a Heavenly Father, and we can approach Him. And He will help us with our day-to-day needs, with our spiritual needs, and he will provide us all we need to get through this life. I don't know why I keep bringing up the Catholic Church. This is not a podcast bashing the Catholic Church. I have a lot of friends who are Catholic who, who love Jesus. But it's, I guess, all this time with, with talking about Lent is reminding me of it. So Jesus starts off by talking about prayer. And he says, hey, don't be a hypocrite. Because people, and this can happen in just any church setting, where people like stand up and they, they try to impress each other with how much they can pray. right, And how, how well they can pray. Let me tell you this. Prayer is not about showing off to each other about who can pray better or who can pray more eloquently. It's just talking to our Heavenly Father. It's talking to God, like a conversation. Yes, God's the God of the universe. He deserves respect. He's a king of all kings. He deserves respect, and he deserves um, for us to pay attention and to choose our words carefully and to be respectful. But it's a casual conversation with our Heavenly Father and talking to Jesus like a friend. Maybe sometimes we overthink prayer too much. Uh, you know, working in youth ministry, a lot of kids, and actually, don't tell them, but a lot of adults have approached me too. They'll say, well, I don't know how to pray. I said, like, what do you mean? Like, I just, I've never was, I, I was never taught how to pray. And I'll take them to this passage and show them the Our Father and say, hey, this is a good example of how you can pray. This intimate conversation that you can have with God at any time. It doesn't need to be specifically at this time or this time, but anytime you have you have access to the king of the universe who hears your prayers. But anyway, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking about praying. When you pray, don't be like a hypocrite. Don't try to impress others. And like I said, I work in youth ministry and you know, a lot of kids I'll ask to pray. I'll ask some of the teens to pray. And then I remember one time, one of the kids, I was, I was driving him home and he goes, Hey, Will, how, how'd I do in my prayer? And I was like, yeah, it was a good prayer, man. And he goes, good. He's like, I try to get a few jokes in there, really get people, you know, feeling it. And I was like, whoa, buddy, it's not about getting people to feel it. It's not about getting people to, to think that, you know, this is a time for entertainment or who can show off. This is about time just, just bringing our needs and concerns and our hopes to, to God. So don't be like the hypocrites who just pray to show off. I have one friend, um, big supporter of the podcast, Patreon follower. He, you know, he says, because of this verse, you know, he never prays out loud because he doesn't want to be one of those hypocrites. And he will. He's just, he's joking a little bit. Like, he will pray out loud. But uh, every time I read this, I, I think of him. Uh, so shout out to my boy. Um, but if you go down to verse 16, Jesus says, and when you fast, I want to stop there. See, when people become believers and they, they start to follow Jesus, 
Praying happens. Yeah, I think praying actually happens naturally to a lot of people. Even before I truly gave my life to Christ, I would pray to God. I would pray, God, can you help me? Like, you know, I was I wasn't in a relationship with him. I didn't understand the gospel. I didn't understand Jesus. But I would pray to God when I was like doing battle on tests or I was really stressed out. I think people naturally call out to something in prayer when they're stressed out or they need some help. You don't really need to people struggle with how to pray, and when they become a believer, how how they actually apply that and do that. But what about in this same chapter that teaches us how to pray, Jesus goes to, okay, so when you pray, do this. And when you fast, notice he doesn't say, if you fast. That always really, or they, as I read that one day, it was a few years ago when I read that, I was like a little bit shocked. I was like, wait, he didn't say if we fast, but a matter of when. Meaning, he kind of expects us that this is something in our life that when, that when we fast, as if here he knows we're going to be doing that. So he says in verse 16 of Matthew chapter 6, And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. See, fasting and what Lent is reminding me of this year, and something I think I have to challenge myself with and I would challenge you, the listener, with, is are we fasting? And what's the point? You know, I really never fasted until my adult life. A few times, you know, I think during during, uh, 2020 and 2021, I did like a day fast, um, usually around Good Friday. Um, and, and, and hear me out here. I'm not going to explain this so that I can boast. I've already did that. I'm using it to use as an example and to, to show parallel learning what the, what the, why we should do this. I fasted for a day and it was hard. Um, and I didn't really get anything out of it but the fact that I was obeying God. See, Jesus says when you fast, he expects it of his followers. So, okay, I fasted for a day. did that a few times. But there was one time that our, our church, we were, we were trying to figure out um, what we were going to do with, with property and stuff like that, and if we wanted to pursue property or not. And, and uh, a few years ago, we decided, you know, our lead pastor put out a call for the elders and the staff of our church if they wanted to do a three-day fast. So a three-day fast of only drinking water, no food. And I was definitely nervous, but I was also excited to try it um, for real. And this is what I learned. While fasting, um, we fasted for three days, and it was a hard three days. It wasn't easy, but the first day was really tough. The second day, I hit like this stride. And the third day... I was just kind of like, I get it. See, what fasting did was remind me who God is. Once I really fasted in real pursuit of God, not to lose weight, not to show off, but to fast out of obedience to Jesus, it clicked for me. And there was like this moment of, clarity that I felt and I realized, wow, just like I need food, 
just like every day, I need breakfast, I need lunch, I need dinner. Yeah, sure, we can we can change around the different ways we need that. I started to in this fast when I'm not eating, I started to realize, wait, I need God. Like I need food. That a meal on a Sunday morning, just one sermon, is not enough to sustain me through my week. But I need God. Like I need food. Like I need water. I need him every day, multiple times a day. And I need my focus to be on him. Because the longer you go without food, the weaker you get, the more, the harder it is to focus, the more you're like, I need fuel. And that fuels our physical bodies. But what fuels our spiritual ones? It's this idea that we need to be tapped in, holding on to, constantly going to Jesus. It reminds me, oh man, and uh, when Jesus um, first starts his ministry, he fasts for 40 days just water, right? And he's then tempted by the devil himself. And the devil says, oh man, you're you're hungry. You're the son of God. If you're so hungry, why don't you turn these stones into bread? And Jesus answers this, but Jesus told him, this is Matthew 4, verse 4, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I'm saying this to remind us that we as spiritual beings, each one of us, have a physical body, but we also have a soul. We also have a spiritual body, a spiritual essence to us has to live not just on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And fasting reframes our, or, or focuses our framework, reframes us into remembering who God is and our dependency on him. We have to ask ourselves, are we dependent on God like we are on food? How many times have you ever said, man, I'm just hungry? And how many times have you meant that about scripture? You know, e- even in Matthew uh, 5, It says in Matthew 5, verse 6, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. I remember years ago when I was really trying to read my Bible, and I was bad at Bible reading. I I was going through a tough time. I was depressed. I had a lot of issues. It was my first year in college. And I was like, okay, God, I just, I want to read your word. I'm really struggling. Um, Can you give me a hunger and thirst for your word? Notice the wording, a hunger and a thirst for your word. And he honored that. And I, I did read the entire Bible cover to cover this year. Again, not to boast, but parallel learning. Um, this idea that we need to hunger and thirst for who God is like we do for actual food. And fasting reminds me of that. Fasting reminds us of that. And fasting points us to remembering who Jesus is. And during this time of Lent, when people fast, the Catholics fast, at first I was so judgmental. I'm being honest with you. I was so judgmental. Like, oh, you guys are just stuck. You can't just, every year you're going to fast for these amount of days and you're going to fast from these things just because the church is telling you to. And I miss the heart of it. Yes, I don't think that it's com- it's not commanded to do it at a certain time of the year for a certain amount of length of time. But there's power in it. And I feel like believers today and the church today is doing themselves a disservice if they're not partaking in fasting. I remember someone told me one time, well, well, I, I was not, I haven't been called to fast. I never felt that calling, but it's because he's not calling us to do it. He's expecting of it. He says, when you fast, um, it reminds me of this story in the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, 
And I'm going to give, give you a little history lesson here. The Israelites, the Jewish nation, was exiled to this, this city of Babylon. These Babylonians took over. The Israelites just wiped out their kingdoms and took over the, the Jews and exiled them to their city, these royal Jews. And he picked with them, you know, four friends. And this one man was named Daniel. There was Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And I could be saying the name wrong. But the Jews had a certain dietary way of living. And the king put all these, these guys who were exiled into, you know, kind of their own holding. And he says, okay, you guys, are, we're going to take care of you. We're going to teach you. We're going to give you new Babylonian names. We're going to teach you new, you know, new ways to live. And you're going to eat our food. And Daniel and his friends, being Jewish, were like, hey, we, we can't eat the king's meat. We can't eat these things. And so... In Daniel chapter 1, I'm actually not going to read it because I don't want to go too over time. Um, but he, Daniel asks the guard, this is Daniel chapter 1, he asks the guard, hey, uh, we can't eat the king's meat. It would defile us. It's against our Jewish customs and laws. And the guy goes, I, he says, the guy responds, the security guard, or security guard, this, the, the prison guard responds, or the chief of staff responds in verse 10. I'm afraid, my lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other, the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. So this guard was scared. If he didn't feed Daniel and his friends the food that the king asked for, you know, they'd kill him because they would look so weak. So Daniel goes, please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. My wife's a vegetarian. She could do this easily. I would suffer. So Put us, to the test, put us to the test for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. And Daniel said, at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. So he's like, hey, don't let us eat the king's meat. Give, make us vegetarians for 10 days. If, if we're stronger than everybody else, let us continue to do this. At the end of the 10 days, in verse 15, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of food and wine provided for the others. Um, so just to show you that they made this commitment to focus on God and focus on his commands, and God honored that, and they were the healthier ones. Um, so now a lot of days you'll see just in like the Protestant faith are just non-denominational, you see a lot of people doing something called the Daniel fast, where they fast for a certain amount of days, I think it's 21 days, where they do this Daniel fast where they only eat like whole food. All that's good. Like I said, that's a, that's a method. Lent is a method. Um, the Daniel fast is a method. But I want you to understand the point of it. The point of it, is to be obedient to God and to put your focus back on him. So let me tell you some of the benefits of fasting. When I'm looking at scripture, and I, I can't go through all the verses right now, but when I look at scripture, fasting is powerful. Somehow there's something supernatural about fasting. And I think it's because of the radical obedience it takes. When you say, I'm not going to fast to lose weight. I'm not going to fast to be the coolest Christian in the room, but I'm going to fast so I can be intimate with God and get to know him more. It does something in our life. It does something in our spirit. If you are struggling with, with addiction in any of the sense, whether it's, whether it's pornography addiction or it's it's alcohol or it's, you know, relationship addiction or money spending addiction, whatever it is, let me challenge you. Let, let me lay this before you. Consider a fast because what a fast does is 
puts your focus on God and it gives you this sense of self-control. You know, anytime I was fasting, man, I was so in tune with God. It felt like I was breaking strongholds. I was breaking the things that were holding me down because I was obedient to God and I was practicing radical self-control. Man, it's really hard to sin when you're not eating because you want to be obedient and focused on God. And then all of a sudden, you can realize you can take that same practice of, hey, I want to abstain from this. And it's giving me the courage, the power, and the ability to abstain from this. You know, Galatians chapter 5 says, um, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. One fruit, not many fruits, one kind of fruit. Verse 21 of, or verse 22 of Galatians chapter 5, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Many people struggle with anger, with lying, alcoholism, addiction to videos they shouldn't be watching, you know, marital issues. Um, I'm, I'm using my words carefully because of the algorithm. But let me tell you, I think fasting is something we all ought to try and do. Ask yourself, when was the last time you fasted in obedience? You know, there's this author out there, author and speaker and pastor named... Dr. Rob Reamer, and he writes a book called Soul Care. Great book. Love the book. I've talked about it before. You know, he says something. Uh, he fasts often, and sometimes he gets something out of it. Sometimes he doesn't. But when people ask him, like, well, why do you do it if you get nothing out of it sometimes? His answer is because he's worth it. He being God, Jesus. Jesus expects this of us. He desires it of us. And I think he honors it. Remember what we read in Matthew 7. He says, and when you fast, you know, don't be a hypocrite. Don't make it about you. Make it about God. Don't tell anybody. Look the same. Don't brag about it. Don't tell people how hungry you are. And then in verse 18, he says, and your father who sees everything will reward you. Do you hear that? God wants to reward you. There's blessings that come from fasting. I don't get how it works. I'm not saying, hey, if you're struggling with an issue, you, you, you fast and God will solve the issue. I'm not saying that. But I am saying there's a lot of stories out there and a lot of people who have experiences, me included, where when fasting about an issue or a need or just to be intimate with God, he stepped into the mess. He stepped into our mess when we fasted and pointed our eyes, pointed our hearts, our, our lives wholly and completely to him. Today, maybe a lot of you are looking for breakthrough. You're struggling with something. You're like, I need a breakthrough. I need God. Fast and he will reward you. It might not be in the way you expect, but he keeps his word and says, fast. And when your father who sees everything sees this, he will reward you. Today, maybe we need to fast together. Not in to look at me, I'm the biggest, baddest, or goodest Christian in the room because I'm desiring intimacy with God. So if you're feeling disconnected from God, fast. If you are battling addiction, fast. If you have a need that's in front of you and you can't seem to get it, fast. And the Holy Spirit will grant you, give you, use you with self-control. Today, I lay before you, try it. What do you have to, what do you have, what do you have to lose? Today, don't you want to receive every reward, reward God gives? Listen, Fasting is not magic. 
but it's saying, God, I desire you and you are so worth it. I'll do this out of obedience. So all this to say is this season in Lent, I've been thinking about fasting a lot. Um, So maybe I need to do one, but I want to welcome you or invite you to do the same. Today, will you lean into what God has for you and remember he's good and he's worth it. Till next time. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe and see you next time.